Hello, I'm the Reverend Amy Richter. For today's reflection, I'm going to read another excerpt from the essay by Bishop J. Neal Alexander of Sacraments and Sundays, which he wrote for our book Common Prayer. In today's excerpt, Bishop Alexander is talking about Holy Communion. Like baptism, Holy Communion is also first and foremost a gift. There are libraries full of books written through the centuries about the celebration of the Holy Eucharist and the meaning and benefits of Holy Communion. The perspectives are broad and deep. The explanations that are foreign to our experience or contrary to our own understandings still have much to teach us. It is easy to get caught up in the nature of the bread or the alcohol content of the wine. We are also quick to obsess over the shelf life of the real presence and wear ourselves out about how Jesus gets into the bread, how long he stays, and how he gets out of it. These and many more are not unimportant theological questions. There is no argument here that we should not engage them fully. But as I noted above with respect to baptism, the first order of things is to embrace Holy Communion as a gift. So, what is the gift of communion? Fortunately, this question has many answers. I mean, really, who wants a diamond with only one facet? Some will suggest that the forgiveness of sins is the gift of communion. Broken and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And so it is. Others might say that the gift of communion is bread for the wilderness and wine for the journey. Surviving your baptism requires sustenance, true enough. Another might suggest that the gift of communion is food. We feed those we love. And Holy Communion is God feeding us because God loves us. Seems reasonable. There is nothing patently wrong with any of these explanations, and there are many, many more like them. Such is the richness of the gift of communion. I believe that different facets of the gift of communion appeal to us at different times in our lives as we take this journey ever more deeply into the mystery of Christ. Each of the ones above and several others have had a particular appeal to me at earlier times in my life. At the present time, however, I believe that when I receive the gift of communion, I am taking into myself, my soul and body, the risen life of Jesus. The risen one gives himself to me, not just theoretically, but sacramentally. I feed upon the fullness of his risen life, and it nourishes both soul and body. It is not for me commemorative, but generative. It makes me me in Christ. When I meditate on the gift of communion at this stage of life, I give thanks, Eucharist, that in holy baptism I became a part of the risen body of Christ, and that in holy communion a part of the risen body of Christ, sacramentally, becomes a part of me. And lest I forget, 
where did I learn this? In a library? In a classroom? From a priest? Well, sort of. Each contributed. But I learned this mostly on countless Sunday mornings, when the baptized of God assembled to make their weekly public witness to the death and resurrection of Jesus. For me, understanding comes from lots of sources. Embodiment comes from the lifetime discipline of Sunday assembly in the power of resurrection. It seems almost commonplace these days for people to excuse themselves from the Sunday assembly on the argument that they are spiritual but not religious. I certainly want to honor the journey such folks are on and I make no judgment against them. That said, I simply don't get it. I am not wired that way. I am pretty much the reverse. I am religious but not spiritual. Never have been. I don't expect I ever will be. The fact that I find a good advertisement for Nike running shoes to be a highly theological message tells you all you need to know. Just do it. Don't overthink it. Don't wrap it too tightly around the axle of your emotions. Just lace them up and go to a Sunday assembly near you where the risen Christ and resurrection sacraments are the agenda. Perhaps now you are beginning to see why the Episcopal Church and our life of common prayer is so important to me. I grew up in a practicing family. My very earliest memories took place in church. I realized as a young child that music, perhaps as much as anything else, carries the faith and shapes the soul. I remember coming to the realization that good preaching had a positive impact on me even when I wasn't sure of its every detail. I was wowed by the sacraments. There's really no other way to put it. All this is important to me for one reason. I am not, nor will I ever be, a good enough Christian to survive without word and sacrament. I honor those who can go to a church that is mostly singing and preaching, But I am pretty sure if that's all there was to it, I would have left the faith long ago. If I went to a church where baptism is merely the marker of saying yes to Jesus, I would live in fear and despair that it was never enough, and still more anxiously that I am never enough. I need to be in a church that reminds me every Sunday that in the spirit-filled waters of holy baptism, God in Jesus said yes to me, and that's enough. If I went to a church that had Holy Communion only on rare occasions and did so only because they had not figured out a way around do this, I would starve to death. I require a regular diet of the Risen One, especially on Sundays. 